I got friends only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause winning's expensive. I got expensive, cause winning's expensive. I've been getting out of work. And I've been shutting down stars. And welcome to Put That Coffee Down. This is the Freight Sales Show for Closers. My name is Kevin Hill. I'm flying solo today. No co-host. Richard Daigle is taking a much-deserved vacation with the family. So uh, safe travels, Richie, and hopefully you get back uh, soon for, for next week. Uh, we're here live every Tuesday, 12 p.m. Eastern Time here on Fruit Waves TV. You can watch us at tv.fruitwaves.com. If you have an Apple TV, if you have a Roku, if you have a Fire Stick, just an Apple iOS, any of those apps, you can, you can download our free app, sign up and start watching here on our new 24-7 stream. We, we have great content all about the freight and logistics market, 24 hours, seven days a week, uh, coming to your TV, computer, phone, whatever it may be. But we have a, a great show for you today. We're going to talk with Omar Singh. He's uh, the president and founder of Surge Transportation. And we're going to talk about adversity in sales and business. It's really all about adversity. Uh, you know, the, the, the greatest plans never survive contact with the enemy. So you can, you can plan, you can have all your ducks in a row. And as soon as you go out and start executing that, everything falls apart. You have to, uh, to be nimble. You have to pivot. You have to do a lot of things to, uh, to get over that adversity, that rejection, those no's, getting to those yeses. It takes a lot of trial and error. So that's what we're going to talk about with, with Omar here in a few minutes. But let, let's start off with a survey that we did here at Freight Waves very recently with Echo Global Logistics, who just announced their, their, their final quarter as a public company. They're, they're going private. Uh, they had great results. You can read that on FreightWaves.com right now. But we did a survey with Echo Global Logistics about demand and, and kind of forecasting 2020, 2020, 2022, uh, forecasting, uh, you know, what's on people's mind? What are the predictions for capacity? for load volumes, for demand. We had a great survey. And a couple of the questions kind of pivoted around, you know, you have your industry knowledge, but we're all consumers here. So we asked a couple of consumer questions that give a little bit of highlight about spending, especially with, you know, professionals in the, the, the 3PL, logistics, supply chain industries, uh, what they've been spending on uh, during the pandemic and coming out, what their expectations are for next year for 2022. So let's throw up the, the first result here, which is, I believe, as a consumer yourself, what types of large purchases does your household plan to make over the next 12 months? And of course, that extends into 2022. We can see everyone's wanting to get out of the house, on the road, into vacations, whether it's Airbnb or hotels, Disney World, uh, you know, international travel, which is still really iffy right now, but everyone's looking to have vacations over the next 12 months. I think we're all sick of being being locked down. Uh, second one is is house remodeling. So a lot of people are still out. Uh, 27% or almost 28% of our polling audience, though they're still wanting to do those remodeling, which is really good for freight, uh, furniture, 
of, of course, you know, if you, you order a, a couch or a sofa or any type of household furniture right now, you might have to wait weeks uh, to get that in. It's probably sitting out in San Pedro Bay right now with a lot of other ships and, and containers that are stuck out there. So you have that used cars, new and used cars. I'm in the market right now for a, a, a car and it's difficult finding used cars uh, anywhere right now. So about 18.6% are looking for cars. So if we go to the next slide, and this one is, what do you think primary, what do you think the primary catalyst for load volumes will be in 2022? Inventory and restocking, the, the, the clear winner there, I think we, we all know that. Sales uh, are booming, especially for that, that second answer there. So 65% says inventory and restocking. 53%, so a little bit over half, are consumer spending growth. Those walk hand in hand together. The more the consumer spends, the more depleted inventories are, the more orders needed to, to come back over. So that's going to be one of the, 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 the big catalysts that everyone is watching right now. Uh, and then 40% growing import volumes, which is just another indication of that, that process of spending money on tangible goods, translating into... Uh, inventory orders, growing import volumes will follow very easily. So if we go to the next slide here, we are going to see expectations for risks. So I, I think everyone is in agreement uh, for the most part that 2022 for the freight industry looks really good. What are some of those risks? And what we really see is inflationary pressures. Uh, that's been in the news. Uh, it grows out of supply chain shortages, you know, backlogs, San Pedro Bay, not enough capacity for the, the, the durable goods that are out there. Inflationary pressures are on everyone's mind. Um, interest rate increases more on the financial side and a mix of consumer spending. Going back over to those vacations that we saw in the first slide. So the more spending on vacation, on airline tickets, on hotels, on rental cars, on experiences, uh, live concerts, the less money that will be available for those durable goods. So that is one of the, the, the major risks right there as well. So it was a great survey. You can catch it on FreightWaves.com. If you go into the resources tab, look at the white papers, you can download a copy right there. Uh, this is just a, a small piece of the, the survey that, uh, that, that we conducted with Echo Global Logistics. It gives you a really good clue in what is coming on, uh, what everyone's really expecting for 2022. And I have a, a, our guest right now who has a lot of expectations for 2022, and we'll pick his brain a little bit on that. We'll also talk about adversity in cells. Let's welcome Omar Singh, the president and founder of Surge Transportation, to the show. How are you doing, Omar? Hey, Kevin. Doing well today. How about you? I'm doing great. I see you're sharply dressed as, as always. I always I always love having you come on the show. We met up in Chattanooga a few weeks ago, and you are you are probably the sharpest dresser in freight. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it. I try. Take it seriously. So. <laughs> Great. So, so before we get into adversity and kind of overcoming that in, in our business journeys or our sales journeys, I'd, I'd like to get your opinion on, on the market right now in freight and kind of what your expectations are for 2022 as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think all of the indicators that you were just showing on the report, I certainly can't argue with them. Um, I don't think that we have any kind of 
major relief or market change in sight with, you know, the container ships just keep on growing and growing. And I know like, uh, you know, our headquarters is in Jacksonville. The Jacksport is now trying to bring some of the West Coast volume there. I know they're sending empty containers from the Gulf states over to California to help. Uh, so there's kind of a all hands on deck, but I don't really, from everything I'm hearing and seeing, um, at least saying where it's going to, you know, kind of get us back to early, you know, 2020, by the end of 2022, despite all of those efforts as increases in import volumes and domestic volumes continue to go yeah. up. So I, I, I get asked more and more. Uh, from, from from different people these days about San Pedro Bay, about diverting to the East Coast and the expenses that, that are, are, are tagged to that. But I think it's it's really a logistical uh, nightmare if, if you're always coming in on the West Coast to divert around because then your 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 normal supply sure. lines you, you're nowhere near them. So so what's the biggest obstacle for if you're a company that, that normally goes into the West Coast and now you're thinking well Jacksonville might be an option. What, what's the biggest limitations on the Jacksonville port um, of moving freight out throughout the interior of the country? Well, I'm no port expert myself. I don't really do a lot of international work. We do mostly domestic truckload. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I would imagine just from you know my vantage point is it's just getting around to the other side. You know, whether it's Panama Canal or you know, kind of whatever strategies. I hear that a lot of carriers are unloading their vessels in Mexico and they're drained to Laredo and then they're trucking it into the United States also. So, which is easier than getting all the way around to an East coast port. Um, so I, I think just the, can I say the logistics of the logistics to get to <laughs> you know, where, wherever you can unload? Um, it's yeah. Mexico, East coast. I think it's, it's really challenging for everybody right now. It is. It really is challenging, and 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 everyone's worried about 2022, or at least curious about it, and we are too. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about adversity. Let's talk about overcoming that. You know, going through the nose to get to the yeses. Uh, whether you're starting out in sales or starting your own business, which is essentially the same thing. If you're if you have your own business, you're in sales by de facto. De facto. I was talking to a, a okay. lawyer friend of mine, a uh, really good friend in, in Tulsa one day, and he's like, I don't think I could ever be a commissioned salesperson. I was like, well, you're, you're a one-person law firm. You are on commission. He's like, well, I never right. really thought about it that way. It's like, yeah, I mean, you go, I have to go out and, and get your own clients. And if you don't get clients, if you, those clients don't pay you, you don't get paid yourself. So, uh, you know, it, it, but there's a lot of adversity because it's not an easy thing to do or everyone will be doing it. So um, I, I, I guess to start off, I mean, what are, are some of your your, your strongest uh, opinions or or what would you like to convey to the audience like a, as a foundation to adversity? Yeah, you know, I think that I actually, I if, if we could just stay on your, your friend, the attorney that you brought up for mm-hmm. a second, I, I really like that analogy because I think that, I worked in this industry as a, as a business owner, owning a trucking company for for a long time. And I mean, years before I thought of myself as a salesperson, kind of like your, your friend, you know, I thought I would go out and take my message to market that we were knowledgeable and competent, had good equipment and could, could do a good job by working really hard. And, you know, hopefully at a price that worked for, for, for all sides, which in the long run, you know, ultimately didn't work for me with the trucking company, but, but kind of like your friend, I never thought of myself as a salesperson. I thought I could say, you know, we do this really well. 
And that's not a sales pitch. That's kind of a like collaborative partnership mm -hmm. uh, in my mind. And then I, I took probably as five years into the trucking company before I took a, uh, like a sales class. The, uh, you know, the, the instructor comes up and says, who's a buyer and who's a seller? And um, I was like, huh, I never really thought about that before. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, kind of changed the whole mindset of like, what are you even doing? Here? You know, but uh, so I guess I'm a seller and a buyer as a broker and have both, you know, but um, but yeah, I think maybe just recognizing your position, recognizing your value. I think that's part of my big story is figuring out how to sell on value rather than sell on price and, you know, have something that distinguishes you from not just your competitors in the sense of the partnership with your customers, but the value that you're able to bring to them. Um, because if everybody, you know, if you have 400 people saying, you know, I can save you a nickel, um, it is valuable for a nickel, you know, per mile, but it's not like bringing a true strategic partnership because you can also then just be replaced by the next guy who can mm -hmm. you know, save it. Uh, so, so I think understanding your role and understanding your value for me has been, you know, kind of the biggest part of, of switching gears and being able to, to, to become a valuable provider to our customers. Yeah, you, you brought up a really good point there on selling on price, and it's something that we, we talk about all the time. Every sales class will talk about it. Every sales floor talks about it as well. And it's, it's one thing to, to, to be in a sales position, you know, drawing a, a salary plus commissions and selling on price to being a business owner. Because uh, as a business owner, there are some real consequences to, to playing the game of price. And that they really don't turn out well in, in, in the end, right? I mean, that they, they end in, in not good news whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of, you know, right now we're seeing a lot of the digital brokerages that are, that are selling on price. And, you know, we talked about it you know, recently mm -hmm. in, you know, my interview with George. I don't know how long that's going to last, you know, for them. It's, um, it's they're kind of growing like gangbusters and their valuations are very high. But I, I think that as maybe the companies acquiring them are going to kind of say, hold on, we need to pump the brakes on all of the negative margin stuff, right? Because because at, at some point it doesn't end well. Um, for me, it ended very badly. But um, but I, I learned a lot and was able to kind of rebuild and and apply those lessons luckily, right? So, but, so, um, and, and Omar, let, let's, let's dive into to kind, of, kind of briefly how it ended badly and what you really learned from that. I mean, what are some of the life changing? Because that's adversity, right? You know, whenever businesses businesses end badly, but everything's a lesson. And what what's the most powerful thing you learned coming out of that? Well, I think from from you know from for anybody who didn't get to see the interviews, it, it was I had a kind of catastrophic personal and you know professional fall, end of 2010, early 2011. You know, we had fallen behind on paying our payroll taxes for three quarters. I was sending the reports in showing how much I owed full transparency in my mind, but I just have this much because we're going bankrupt. So I'll send you the rest next month when I have it. And next month never came, right? So eventually I got charged with embezzlement of state funds. And overall, you know, you're talking for three quarters, it was, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month in my mind. You know, next month, the engine doesn't blow up. You know, we'll, we'll get caught up. Um, but it's illegal because if you withhold and then you don't pay on time, it's considered to be embezzlement. 
And so I got charged with 13 counts of embezzlement, sentenced to 100 years in jail. And then the trucking company went bankrupt, uh, house went to foreclosure, family fell, fell apart, went through a divorce. And so it was like an ultimate low by kind of mid-2011, which for a period I didn't think I would be able to recover from. But, you know, in many ways, it's, you know, have independence that rely on you, having at that point parents who rely on me and children and, mm-hmm. you know, and everything. And, and, and luckily enough, kind of, I guess, fear of, of, of not recovering and, and determination to recover that from a sales standpoint, it kind of really made me question because I was trying to broker at the time, again, on price. Like, what can I do here? What's not working? Because I know I'm working really hard, but I'm not successful. I'm not doing anything that's valuable to my customers. And so to say, what can I identify that I can maybe do better than others or where can I provide more value? And that's where strategically kind of decided to go after the more challenging freight rather than primary business, backup, harder to do business, late at night expedites, weekend loads. I mean, uh, short lead time when there's never good appointments or something's already late, of course, you know, any, any kind of thing that's just not low-hanging fruit that's easy to bid on price. And there was a space for that, um, you know, with large enterprise-level shippers that resonated with them. And, you know, it, when you go into that relationship, you're never going to necessarily be the cheapest, but you have to be reasonable. You have to be valuable. You have to have a price point that says, look, I need to make money, but I don't want to overcharge you. I want you to have a good buying experience working with me. And I want you, you know, to want to continue the relationship. And, and if we can kind of figure out a balance there to make that work so that you're satisfied with what you're getting, we're able to be profitable, um, you know, then let's kind of, let's go after this and develop a strategic partnership and relationship. And, and it's really resonated since 2011 when I had to just kind of switch gears on how I was selling. And, um, you know, and, and I guess, you know, I recovered and uh, to say the least, and things have been going well. So, but I, I, I don't think that if I, if I hadn't switched gears and figure out how to say, how can we do this differently? Uh, you know, it might not have been a recovery. It's, sure. it, you're certainly correct there. Uh, and when you talk about switching gears and thinking about differently, it reminds me of the, the quote that's attributed to the, the Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, is if you're going to chop down a tree, you spend 95% of your time sharpening the axe. And that's really thinking about things outside the box or differently. But it also, there, there's a lot of self-control that, you know, adversity really cements into you at that point. A lot of self-control of, of leaving the, the low-hanging fruit alone, saying no to those easy operate, uh, opportunities, right? Those easy opportunities to get into price wars, to, to, to slip back into to doing everything on price and, and focus on what no one else wants to do. And if you focus on, a lot of times, if you focus on what no one else wants to do, that's where the margin is. And that's where the competitive advantages lay. Yeah. I mean, certainly that was my experience, you know, and I, and I say that I, I kind of maybe in a moment of self-awareness or, you know, whatever it was when I kind of switched gears like that. So I've always kind of done that. Right. I mean, I, I moved furniture, carrying heavy furniture up and down stairs to pay for college, right? And then after that, I, I bought a truck and drove over the road. And, you know, in those days, kind of paper logs, you're driving as much as you can, as many days as you can. And then, and I was still moving furniture then. So you park the truck and then you log that you're sleeping, you're carrying heavy stuff up and downstairs again. And, 
And that was, you know, how I bought my first house and how I went to graduate school and then mm-hmm. you know, how I paid for undergraduate. So, and none of that was ever attractive to my other classmates or to, you know, other teachers that I was working with. I was excited to go move furniture on the weekends. Um, and so I, I, I guess maybe at that moment where I said, well, that's always worked for me. Really hard work that no one wants to do has worked for me. Let me find a way of doing it in, in brokerage and in freight. Um, because there's always kind of a space there. I would say you can go to any town in USA and, and walk into any, you know, AAA moving and storage. They'll hire you, you know, to uh, carry heavy stuff up and downstairs if you need a job. Um, they, they will, so, they, especially right. right now, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but before we wrap things up, I mean, we were talking about adversity on, on the low, low points, even on the high points. I mean, and, and Surge Transportation is doing uh, exceptionally well right now. There, there's still adversity. Every level you go up, there's there's different types of adversity, and sometimes they're even more stressful than the the, the, the bottom layers of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think the, the stakes only get higher, right? And you learn about new adversities and you learn about new cash flow situations and new insurance situations and then scaling and training and hiring. And, you know, there was a time where I could kind of lead 20 or 30 people on a day to day and be involved with, you know, all of the decisions in the operation. And now, you know, we're 220 strong and, and I can't do that anymore. So then you have to kind of try to pass that knowledge or those processes down across different offices in the nation and the world. And, and then and that's hard. And managing the finances is hard. And you know, training and retaining is you know negotiating building leases. So, so there's just yeah, new challenges that without training can be, uh, you know, difficult at times. So it, it is delegation is 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 often uh, uh, often difficult, and, and often you know letting go of the day to day operations to to be able to go out and, and work on your business and 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 secure those leases and, and work through those negotiations that, that you're kind of unfamiliar with. Yeah. What and but it's also still a really competitive environment. You know, so I, I will tell our team, you know, a hundred dollars per load can make or break the company over the course of a week or a month. And so so still every decision matters, you know, that's and it's yeah. stressful. And it's it's is is real, you know, and a lot of times people see top line revenue, and you know, like I said, without finance, you know, financing from PE or from investors, like we have to be profitable every week, every month, and and that much money can make or break the company per load on average, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so every decision matters, every transit time matters, every appointment matters, every you know how how much time before the load ships can get alive, you know, and visible to your carrier partners. I mean. Everything, everything matters because it's easy to go backwards just that amount of money when the execution isn't, you know, kind of really efficient. Yeah. So, you know, Omar, thank you so much for coming on today. It's always a pleasure. We'll have you on again soon. And uh, if you're looking forward to getting the freight broker industry, if you're a freight broker now, uh, what jobs at Surge Transportation dot com? Go there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we have a page on our website, you know, the email. So and very accessible. So a lot of information on our site about how to get in touch with us for for anything, for jobs, for carriers set up, you know, for customers, real-time pricing. So cool. Well, thank you yeah. so much. It's always a pleasure, and we'll see you again very soon, Omar. Thanks, Kevin. Likewise. Appreciate it. All right. That was Omar Surge or Omar Singh from Surge Transportation. Uh, based out of Jacksonville, Florida, right there, talking about the, the market, university, and, and kind of overcoming hurdles and, you know, 
certainly on, on rock bottom or, or when things aren't going well, there's adversity. But uh, as you said, and we wrapped it up there, uh, there's adversity uh, at the top of the cycle too. Because every time you climb up, every time you, you set another goal, it's just uh, uh, another set of challenges and, and problems. But if you set your own goals, you get to control your own problems in your life. And controlling your own problems is a, a much better position to be in than not being able to, to choose your own problems to, to go in on. So uh, great sales conversation. Uh, you can catch uh, all the, 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 the past episodes of Put That Coffee Down on in the podcast form on Freightcast or in our video library here at tv.freightwaves.com. Uh, you find all of Freightwaves TV in, in the library. Uh, and that's what the truck it is. Great quarter guys, which will be coming up here at three o'clock Eastern time where Andrew Cox talk about finance and freight. Uh, so go out and, and check out those, those great assets uh, on virtual conferences. We have F3 coming up November 9th, 10th and 11th, three days of spectacular, uh, spectacular discussions. I, I spoke with, um, with, with uh, Edge, uh, I forget his last name now, but uh, on, on Tesla. So it'll be a, a great conference, but that's going to wrap it up for Put That Coffee Down on this episode. I got friends only want to talk business. I got expensive, because winning is expensive. I got expensive, because winning is expensive. I've been